Welcome to Educating Borders, a podcast by Scottish Borders Council all about the latest goings on in and around schools in our region. Coming up on today's fourth episode, we chat to local councillor and education executive member Lee Douglas. We have a brand new professional learning bulletin, the Inspire Team Chat All Things Festival and Refresh, plus our school showcase shines a spotlight on early years. This is Educating Borders. Good morning, good afternoon or good evening depending on when you are listening and welcome along to our penultimate edition of the podcast before summer arrives and we take a break over the holidays. It is yet another really busy show today so we will get started right away with our latest wee blether. This one is with Lee Douglas who was elected as a local councillor back in June 2022 and has since taken her position as executive member for education and lifelong learning. I caught up with Lee at Inspire Tweed Bank last week and here's how our conversation went. Okay, good afternoon, Lee. How are you? I'm very well, Roddy. How are you? I'm very well, yeah. Glad to have you on the show. So, we've got you here today to talk about your role and your kind of place within Scottish Borders Council. So, if you could start by giving us an overview of your role as a local councillor with education responsibilities here in the Borders. I'm a local councillor in the Selkirkshire Ward. So, I obviously have an, you know, particular interest in that ward so far as everything to do with council services. But as you say, I'm also extremely lucky in that I have the education portfolio, which is a role across the whole of the region. So I'll be honest with you, um, I feel really lucky to have that role. And what it allows me to do is actually go around lots of schools. I get lots of lovely invites to go in, meet the head teacher, meet the staff, meet the young people, and just hear about all the great things we're doing in the schools. Over and above that, I get invited to special events. For example, the Inspire Learning Festival last week, which was absolutely fantastic. Not only do I get to go to these events, I get to meet inspirational people as well. So last week, I was fortunate to spend a whole morning with Gillian Hamilton, the interim CEO of Education Scotland, and really show off the young people, the Inspire Learning team, and just everything we're doing in the borders Another example, only yesterday I got invited up to Leader Valley, which is, um, for anyone that doesn't know, we have five special provisions across the borders. So I went to the Erlston um, special provision yesterday. I met our head teacher, Fiona Hume, and I met one of the principal teachers and just got the opportunity to see what we do in these provisions because, you know, it's vitally important to a lot of our young people with, you know, complex needs. In terms of kind of Scottish Borders Council, what would you say are the kind of main objectives or priorities that the council have set just in the kind of short term, medium term and kind of longer term thinking as well? I'm going to point you to documents for more details for any of our listeners. So what we did when the, the councils first formed is we formed an administration policy plan and that basically covers what we would like to achieve um, aspiration, well not aspirational, we're going to do it as an administration over the next five years. So that's our long-term plan and that's available on the council website. Year on year we work with the senior officers to develop our council plan and the council plan for the coming year is now out there and actively we're running through that. So key things that appear in that so far as the education space is concerned. Raising attainment in literacy and numeracy, really driven um, within our schools to do this and really close the attainment gap between the most and the least disadvantaged young people. Um, we've got a wonderful QIO, James Busley, who's taken the lead here and I was speaking to him recently about some of the plans he's putting in place and I'm really excited and I'm really optimistic about what we're going to achieve there. 
Enhancing inclusion, equity and well-being for all our young people and our staff. That's another key priority for us, short term and, of course, long term. Um, and you probably will know there was a survey on health and well-being in 2022. And we're now implementing actions that we took from the outcome from that. We've just um, published a positive relationships and anti-bullying policy last month. And that, again, is a key feed to that particular objective we have. And I think probably one final thing I'll say in this space as well is I'm really excited by the fact we're looking to um, roll out a neurodiversity education um, strategy across all our schools. And fundamentally, what we're attempting to do there is just improve knowledge of neurodiversity across all our young people, all our staff and parents and guardians as well. Brilliant. Now, you're quite new into the role, aren't you? I am. Brilliant. Yeah. So in terms of that first year that you've been in the role, what would you say are your biggest successes and challenges that you've faced in your role regarding education in the borders and also how we can have celebrating the successes and addressing some of the challenges that you've had? So I think, given I'm new to the role, one of the major successes, I think, over this first year for me is been to build good, strong, positive working relationships with our Director of Education, Leslie Monroe, and indeed with all her team, because I think that's fundamental for me to be able to, to, to achieve anything. Um, I see my role, I think just building up an understanding of my role has been a key, key success for me. I see myself very much as an interface between what's happening, you know, within the council itself and with the local community, and indeed within the other regions across Scotland. So I think I've, I've been successful there because I've achieved that and that's a fundamental building block for me going forward. Constraints and challenge, well, challenges I feel I've been faced with and getting, got a better understanding of is predominantly financial ones to achieve what we'd like to achieve and that's not, you know, confined to education. That's, that, you know, it's across the board and it's beyond just local government challenges as well. So I think, you know... That's basically the key successes and, and um, challenges in this first year for me. Brilliant. You spoke there about relationships. How do you go about engaging with the local community to encourage them being actively involved and participating in shaping our education system here in the borders? I think at the very basic level is I've not changed what I used to do anyway in that I go out to basically events in the community. So I'm gay. And I think that's one of the things that drew me to want to be a councillor in the first place, the fact that I like going out to different events. And I use these events, though, um, as opportunities to engage with the community and have discussions. A lot of the events I attend, there are families there, so very often, just naturally, discussion about the education system comes up. Over and above that, I try to attend as many parent council meetings as I can. And I also go along to placemaking sessions, which is very um, much dominant part of what we're doing at the council at the moment and again it's just an opportunity to have natural flowing conversations and I think that's when you you you, um, you know you engage with the community the best. And this is our final question but it's always the toughest one who would you be inviting to your fantasy school dinner? First person I think would have to be Dame Joanna Longley and I just I'm completely inspired that lady and by that lady and all she's done over you know the decades She's an actress, she's a presenter, she's an author, she's a human rights activist, and she's so funny. Do you know, if I'm being quite honest, I'd maybe like her to come along to the lunch as Patsy Stone from Absolutely Fabulous. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would definitely have her around the table. I think Rory Bremner would be the, ne the next person I'd like to invite. I'm very fortunate to know Rory personally as well, and he's just such a funny and inspiring 
man. Um, him throwing out some impersonations, I'm sure, would give us all a real giggle. I think over and above that as well, I mentioned the neurodiversity strategy and Rory's very much active so far as raising awareness with ADHD, etc. So I think he'd be a great guy around the table. Next person would be J.K. Rowling, I think. Um, wow, the diversity she's went through, um, you know, she she's went through depression. She was actually rejected from college, I believe, as well. She was on welfare as a single mother. And then she turned all her energy and, you know, the rest, I don't, I don't have to describe it. She just enlightens the life of so many people and whole families, not just the young people, adults as well. So I'd have to have J.K. Rowling there. I think my final one is probably Martin Luther King. And it's basically because of what he fought for. He fought for civil rights, you know, for for people of colour. It, it was through non-violent um, resistance that he did this. And, and I think uh, one thing that I actually would recommend everybody listens to if they've not is, is what's been probably deemed one of the greatest motivational speeches of all time. Um, I have a dream and it's something that, you know, I've listened to on more than one occasion and I think he's truly inspiring. So I think um, that's five of us. That's, that was, Sounds uh, good. Yep. Very good. Thank you very much, Lee, for your time. Uh, and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you very much, Roddy. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks to Lee for her time and enthusiastic answers to my questions in this edition's Wee Blether and we're hopeful that we're going to have another one for you on the next podcast before our summer break. Next up, it's time for the latest professional learning bulletin. So let's head over to Suzanne Liddell from the PL team to find out more. Hello and welcome to the professional learning bulletin. This week, we're going to focus on the professional learning in the early phase of a teacher's career. At Scottish Borders Council, we're committed to supporting our staff in the early phase of their career in both teaching and early learning and childcare roles. Student teachers are well supported in our schools through regular contact with an experienced supporter. We provide a range of coaching and mentoring programmes to support our staff in working with students. We see this vital role as an opportunity for professional learning for the experienced class teacher as well as the student. We also provide our Grow Your Own programme in partnership with the University of Highlands and Islands, which allows participants to undertake a PGDE in primary or secondary. The benefit of this model is that people living in the borders can live and study here without moving away or having to travel. Participants undertake all of their placements in border schools and their lectures through video conferencing with the university. They're also supported by a local tutor. Our current cohort of four primary and one secondary are just coming to the end of their year and will join us as probationary teachers next year. We asked primary student Holly Rain what her experience of the course has been. I've had a fantastic year studying for my PGDE in the borders. It's been tiring too and hard work, don't get me wrong, but it's been so worth it. I came onto the course as a career changer with a family and the format really worked for me. A typical university week was three days meeting up locally to complete tasks or watch live stream lectures and then two days working independently from home. Studying here also meant that my three placements were all in Borders Primary Schools and I'll be here for my probation year too. This was a huge thing for me. It's obviously good for my commute but it also meant that my experiences have all been grounded in the local authority that I know I want to work in. 
Um, I got my Inspire Learning iPad at the start of the course, had that set up for me to use in schools, so it was really easy to integrate with the technology in schools and how teachers are using it. The build-up in teaching responsibility throughout the year was quite fast. There is a lot to cover in a year, but at the same time, it never felt too fast, and I always felt well-supported. I've had three brilliant mentors. I was so nervous when I started the course, but by my final placement, I felt really confident and excited about taking on full responsibilities for the class. Um, I never really thought I'd get to that point of wanting to take all that on. I think getting there was very much down to the support I've had throughout the year. I've come into contact with so many wonderful people, friends I've made on the course, university lecturers, my placement tutor, all the school staff and the kids. I've learned so much from everyone. We also support RQTs, recently qualified teachers. In the first four years as a fully registered teacher, teachers are still supported by the standard for full registration and an enhanced programme of relevant professional learning. We're currently reviewing what we offer for RQTs. So if you're an RQT, we'd love to hear from you about what has been useful or what would be useful to you going forward. Finally, just a reminder that we're now opening our professional learning programmes for booking for next session on Business World. There's also a, a wide variety of offers from Education Scotland available too, so you can have a look at the website for those. Thank you. Thanks, Suzanne, for the latest professional learning bulletin and a wee heads up that we are planning a special episode just before the start of the new term in August, all about newly qualified teachers and what they can expect during their probationary year here in the borders. So look out for that one at the start of August. Up next, it's time to cross over to the Inspire Learning team to talk all things digital. So it is over to Helen Ord for this week's digital update. Thanks, Roddy. It's a very busy time for the Inspire team at the moment. The Inspire Learning Festival, refreshing devices for the new S5 and S6 and the secondary staff, as well as preparing for the summer churn in primary schools. The Inspire Learning Festival returned for a second year at Springwood Park in Kelso, with over 1,200 primary six pupils and 1,200 S2 pupils from across the region coming together to take part in an exciting series of science, technology, engineering and maths focused learning activities. The three-day festival showcased the best of technology in education. Primary six children were welcomed on day one of the festival and enjoyed a variety of STEM-focused workshops and activities, with S2 pupils joining on day two for an exciting day of STEM-focused learning and STEM careers. Thank you to all our partners and volunteers who worked hard in the sunshine to contribute to the success of the events as well as the wider Inspire team. We were also joined by Interim Chief Exec of Education Scotland, Gillian Hamilton, and here's what she had to say. I'm Gillian Hamilton, I'm the Interim Chief Executive of Education Scotland, and I've spent this morning at the Inspire Learning Day in Scottish Borders, and it's been amazing. The passion and the enthusiasm of the teachers who've led today has blown me away. I've spoken to a whole group of lead teachers who are leading the work, but also development officers, developing the young workforce teams, creativity teams. What I saw were people, as I say, who were really passionate and enthused about what they're leading, um, but really committed to making this the best possible learning experience for young people. In terms of the young people, I've seen hundreds of S2 pupils who have been fully engaged in every activity. I've watched them using digital um, across the piece. I've watched them 
engaging activities that might help them to think about careers that they, they want to choose, how they might use digital as part of a career and how they test that out both as individuals and in working in teams. Um, some of the activities, too many to mention, but I watched groups of young people fully immersed in virtual reality, working with people from one of the colleges. I listened to graduate apprentices speaking about um, the impact of an apprenticeship on on their learning and their work. So in summary, it's been fabulous and I'm looking forward to my invite next year. So now to refresh. After all this sunshine, we need something refreshing. Unfortunately, the Inspire Refresh doesn't involve a nice cold ice lolly, but we'll add that to the suggestions for the future. For the last two weeks of term, we'll be on the road and visiting every high school in the borders to help pupils of S5 and S6 and the secondary staff to build their new devices. Ask at your school to find out when we're visiting. To prepare for your new device, make sure your files and photos are stored in the iCloud drive. Anything stored just on the iPad itself will be wiped, so take the time to ensure you don't lose anything important. Your work on OneNote will already be stored. Work on Sketches, School and Procreate will need to be exported so that it's saved for the future. Pupils will need to bring their case and their charger to school and will wipe the device before receiving and building a new iPad. We'll be on hand to help with passwords and Apple IDs to make sure everything runs smoothly. Staff are advised to come during the day and during lunch or break time to get themselves refreshed. In the primary schools, primary four and five will be handing back their iPads before the summer in preparation for their new devices in August. They'll need to bring back their iPad with a clean case and their charger before the holidays. Teachers will need to wipe the iPads with their classes using the Wipe QR app. Once you've logged in, you create a QR code which is scanned by the pupils in their own CGI Wipe app and the device will be wiped. We've made a video to help, which we'll send out to the schools. But please don't hesitate to ask your cluster support teachers if you've got any questions. Finally, we have two last schoolhouse sessions, Caligo on Thursday the 15th of June and Shobi on Thursday the 22nd of June. When you're tidying up your Shobi classes at the end of the year, make sure that you archive your classes that you're finished with so that the work is still available in the portfolio, otherwise it's gone. So thanks for listening and we look forward to seeing some of you on our grand refresh tour later this week. Thanks, Ellen, and I'm looking forward to being part of the Inspire team for the Refresh Fortnite, starting in Kelso High School on Monday. To end our show, as always, it's time for our school showcase, although this week it is slightly different from usual, as I didn't head into a school for this one. Instead, I recently caught up with Susan Graham and Claire Crawford, SBC's Early Years Improvement and Support Officers, to hear more about a couple of big projects that have been happening within the Early Years sector this session. We started by hearing from Claire about the wonderful Early Years Portal, which was launched nationwide a few months ago, and she started by speaking about what the portal is. The Early Level Portal is a one-stop shop for everything Early Years, um, for practitioners, and it's celebrating, the, the aim of it is to celebrate the good practice that we have in Scottish Borders Council, but the premise of it is to really value the learning, teaching, assessment that happens in our ELC settings in our Early Years, Primary One classrooms. Um, and it's just celebrating everything that is early level. So what we want is people to be able to go on and 
find out about things. There's links to theory there. There's the key messages from our early years central team about good practice. But there's also links to training, high quality training the early years teacher team develop. And there's also links to the external guidance and national um, quality frameworks as well. So it's not just us telling SBC's story, it's about backing all that up with the and where did the idea of the portal kind of come from? How, how did it come to life? So way back in the beginning, um, there was the pedagogical wheel um, that we'd created, which was really trying to pull together the key messages of building the ambition about what good looked like in early years settings. And from that, we created the key message document, which was really breaking down um, aspects of good practice looking at the, the, the Higgy Welk document and looking at the Building the Ambition document and trying to correlate that with the expectations of the care inspectorate. We piloted that in setting so it became a kind of almost like a, an auditing tool so people could use it to, to inform the practice and create um, PDSAs to improve. Um, aspects of, of what they did in their setting. But once realising the ambition came out, we realised that actually it was a bit obsolete and we were a bit out of date. Um, and it kind of got a bit redundant. And I'm quite passionate about my job and I'm passionate about early years and I'm passionate about the early years teacher team that Susan and I line manage and they work so incredibly hard. And there's a frustration in me as an SBC employee that I go along to conferences and people are showcasing things and I'm thinking, we did that ages ago in SBC and we already do that in our settings. So for me, I, I was sitting on something that I knew had been such a huge amount of work and had so much potential, it was really frustrating. So two of our team, um, somebody was kind of, I tasked somebody with looking at what we had and what we could do with it to move it forward, to make it relevant and, and, and something shiny that we could still go forward with. And Charlotte Tether, who was one of our early years teachers, had been part of the, the Learning Teaching Assessment Working Party. And she had the great idea of working, having that, that conversation with Esther Waldron, our, our other teacher that was working on it, that great idea about linking the key messages with Learning Teaching Assessment, because we do have that historic, and, and it's, unfortunately it's still relevant in some places, where people don't always see what they do in early year setting as learning teaching assessment. Mm -hmm. And equally, we've got people in the wider schools and you know further up um, the school who maybe don't have that understanding of how early years practice translates into learning teaching assessment. So we, what we wanted to do was create something that actually took the messages of the learning teaching assessment framework, but actually really focused in on the observation, on planning, on all the things we do in early years and early level classrooms where we're actually doing those things, but we don't celebrate them enough. So we started thinking about how we would present that and we had the idea to create a, a kind of online platform. So we spoke to Inspire, we spoke to Education Scotland and we came up with the Glow Blog and kind of rest is history. But it's been a huge amount of work and the team have put a, a huge amount of hours and blood, sweat and tears into it, but we're all very proud of it. Claire then went on to describe why the portal isn't just for staff within Scottish Borders Council, but it's now a nationwide tool. Well, it's, it's now widened. We have people from America engaging with the portal. We have people from a lot, we've had someone from Alaska looking at it. Everybody over the world can open it now. We actually tried, when we first opened it, we only opened it to SBC staff, but it's practitioners that look, look at it, it's primary one teachers. 
It's Annas who are working in primary one classrooms, it's senior leaders, anyone who has any um, involvement in a, an early years capacity or an early level capacity can look at it and hopefully get something, whether it's training, whether it's um, finding documentation to support something or whether it's finding out more about a certain aspect of practice. And, and we were very lucky that we were able to, we were invited in fact, because we showcased it to Education Scotland, we were very lucky that we were invited by them to share at the virtual festival last year. So. I then asked Susan Graham to explain a little bit about the new shared set of expectations which are in place for transitions between ELC and Primary 1. I'm really delighted about the group of practitioners that came together across our private and voluntary settings, our childminders and our local authority ELK settings. Um, we had a real range of different roles represented on the group and we wrestled with the issue of how do we get some consistency for our children so that regardless of which ELK setting they're coming from, they're getting a consistent um, ELK 4 to P1 transition experience. So um, delighted that we've reached a consensus of um, what those expectations look like with that lens on equity and fairness for everybody as well, but that everyone's getting what they need and that we are looking to roll it out next year. But in the meantime, we are going to be launching one of the big aspects, uh, the big changes going forward, which is our Bear in a Boat in the Borders project. So every elk, funded elk setting in Borders will receive a copy of that book for children to engage with the story and some learning opportunities in their current elk setting and then there'll be a piece of work where we're sharing that book and some suggested opportunities for families and parents to be involved in that learning with their children over the summer if they so choose to do and that learning will then be picked up in primary one and the advantage of that part of our set of expectations is that all our children will have a shared experience when they start their school whichever school they go to they'll have all had the same shared learning experience. Susan then went on to talk about the importance of the transition from ELC to Primary 1 and why it's important that children are fully prepared for that experience. I think there is a real need to make sure that every child is comfortable and connects with their Primary 1 environment and is well prepared for starting school. It is a massive change in their life. You know, it's you know, all the research says that starting school is one of the most significant, biggest changes in a, in a wee one's life and, and that they need to be well prepared for it. So by having this set of agreed expectations, there's really practical advice and guidance about what effective um, opportunities could be in place to help children get off to the best start. And of course, we'll be promoting play-based pedagogy in P1 so that they're learning in a similar or same way that they did in ELK, but in a progressive way going forward. But there are lots of things that we can do to help them feel safe and secure and comfortable in their new environment when they start school. And, and that's really the premise of making sure we've got that continuity in learning and that progression in learning, but that we're also supporting children's well-being through that big change in their lives. A really enjoyable conversation with Susan and Claire all about the amazing early years work ongoing in Scottish Borders at the moment. And with that, episode four is complete. 
Huge thanks as always for listening. Our podcast numbers are starting to grow, so do keep sharing the podcast link in your school so that as many people as possible can listen. If you wish to tweet about the show on your socials, you can use hashtag EducatingBorders, or if you've got any show content you wish to suggest, you can also email us on educating.borders at glowmail.org.uk. We will be back for one final episode this school year on Wednesday the 28th of June. That's the second last day before our summer holidays arrive. So we look forward to you streaming or downloading the show then. You can also subscribe as well on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts to ensure that you never miss a show again. And you could even leave us a five-star review if you so desire. Thanks again for taking the time to listen to episode four. I've been Roddy Graham. You've all been lovely. And until the next episode... Keep on educating borders.